So, Rich, right now I'm mm-hmm. looking at you, and you mm-hmm. are wearing a T-shirt, a nice watch. What watch is that? This is a actually a a bespoke watch made by a, an Italian pilot, and it's inspired by the A13A uh, altimeter in planes. Jesus Christ. And then uh, you're wearing yeah <laughs> very I exhausting asked, answer. You did. I asked. It's my fault. It's not a brand. You were oh, no no absolutely. Uh, you're wearing gray shorts, glasses, and a crucifix. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Okay. I and am. you and I have decided to start a business together. Uh, we're we're in a small railroad apartment with two other people. We it's getting crowded. It's warm. <laughs> it's warm in here. Moist yeah. from the, the humanness. Um, and so we've started to talk, and there's a sort of larger issue involved, which is it may be time for us to go get an office again. And this is, we used to have an office in the city and with the, the agency that we co-founded. Um, and we've been in startup mode, hiding out in this little place in Brooklyn that is an, an apartment. This is, it's got an oven. And um, it's, it's just... It's essentially a one-bedroom apartment. It's a one-bedroom apartment. So now we're, we're going to go look. And uh, we're, we're ta- trying to decide between Brooklyn and Manhattan and all these sort of archetypal things. But what I want to talk about for like 20 minutes is the real function of the office. Because in the conversation about work from home and the conversation about what people, you know, why people should go back to work, it's very employee-centric. And that is fine. I get that. People people who some people just may not want to come to the office, et cetera, et cetera. Like everybody's had that conversation, but for you and me, an office is a tool. And I don't think people talk about and think about the office as a tool very often. That's absolutely right. And, and I want to just talk about the ways that it's a tool. Cause I just feel that like no one documents it while you're doing this. You are, you're playing around with your necklace with the crucifix on it. And I'm, I'm slowly losing my mind watching you do this. Well, it came out. I had to fix it. Yeah, you got to fix that. Otherwise, you can't. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things that come to mind uh, when I think about an office. And and by the way, it feels wrong. Uh, we're a startup. We don't have revenue yet. And we're looking to spend money. First of all, we, do, we don't have revenue. And we're many months away from having a product where I could say to somebody like, use this in your company. I don't know, months away. I don't know about many, but yeah, it's far away. Uh, so it's scary. More than two, right? Like it's, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Uh, you know, um, I have two voices in my head. <laughs> That's I would have put the number much higher. One says, "Stop spending money." Yeah, I get that one. Tighten the ship and be frugal, so you can longer runway, longer runway, and make a profit. Then there's this other voice. That says you're thinking too small. Yeah. And the second voice has done me much better than my first. Yeah. The in second, my life. The second voice tends to be right. The second voice, what the second voice does is put you in the situations where you have to react. Um, the second voice creates chaos. I think that's right. And what do we mean by that in relation to office well, let space? Me, let me describe a situation. Um Somebody came out to visit us uh, who was interested in our product from a big company and they came into this space. 
It wasn't good. And you watched them. They didn't shut down or anything. It just was like suddenly they started to tell themselves a complicated story. That's right. And, and now we had to spend a lot of time countering the story without ever saying it explicitly. Because what they were looking for was something that looked kind of startup-y. They wanted a startup-y experience. And instead they were in a... Or place. something of a bigger scale of yeah. some sort. It didn't help us. No, right? it didn't. And, and so, so, but like, okay, so now we, let's say we get a place. And we're trying to decide between Brooklyn, which would be like just more room to work. More people can come by. Or Manhattan, which for me is like, now somebody can come by, check out the space, and we'll talk to you for two hours. I think that's right. And and I think, for me, the reason to do it is twofold. One is that... And, this, you know, people who are not from New York City won't process this. And even many people who, like, have offices in Brooklyn will be like, what are you talking about? Asking a person to leave the borough of Manhattan, the central borough, where I don't go most days... Yep. Is like asking them to go to Mars. Like they just, even if they're in Queens, like they don't, nobody wants to come to an office in Brooklyn. They want to go, everybody like that is where things get done. And I think, and I think there's two things happening here. One is, um, and this touches on the whole remote work debate and all that. One, One is we as frankly, technology thinkers, leaders, strategists, whatever you want to call it, um, love to talk to people. We yeah. find when we talk to people, things happen. And and whether it be a partnership, whether it be um, an interview, whether it be a cl- potential client or customer or whatever it may be, we like it. Let we like make, it because we find that things happen when we do it. Let me make an observation. We're doing this startup, right? And we keep going out and having conversations with people about how most startups do it. And what's unusual to me and confusing to me is that most of them do not base their growth trajectory on the idea that humans will be involved. Initially. Yes. And when we talk about the classic SaaS product, they always come to terms with the, the fact that getting the credit card out won't build you a mega company but they start that you're right they start that way they're like you're gonna get your well, people will get their credit card out and then if a million people use this product we're gonna make so much and look you can make good businesses doing that because auto, everything's automated i mean you just need stripe and a couple of forms and and mm-hmm. off you go and you can take people's money and and make money mm-hmm. like from anywhere the but the ones that have really really big ambition come to terms with the sales team like you're just going to need humans uh, and those humans are going to go out to big uh, people with big budgets mm-hmm. and they're going to court those people for possibly months or they're going to respond to an RFP. I mean, a major city agency will throw out an RFP for $15 million. Let yes. me tell you, they are not getting a credit card out. That is not how they're going to buy 9,000 seats for that RFP. They want to meet you. They want you to pitch to them. They want you to jump through hoops. They want, they want you to get to know them. There is the, the 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 gating mechanism for a tremendous amount of growth in the software industry is a forty person conference call. <laughs> oh, you've been there. Let me. Let that's me do, not an appealing pitch. But let's pause for a minute because no, this is in our future, and we need to look into each other's eyes and acknowledge that we're ready for this. Because it's this. Well, we come this, from this, right? But we're not. We. Hey we guys, I got Paul Ford and Rich Ciotti here. Bloop, bloop, bloop. And then for yeah. the fifteen minutes, bloop, bloop. this is Mike. Bloop. Bloop. This is Susan. Bloop, bloop. This is also Mike. Thank you. You're bloop, giving bloop. me flashbacks right now. <laughs> this is Susan. I'm sorry I got knocked off the call. I'm yeah, back. <laughs> sorry, I'm in my car. <laughs> <In> my... 
<laughs> so uh, it's me? worth noting, uh, Paul, if we do, do if we do start talking to people about you know bigger opportunities for our startup, we are not selling services. We're actually prohibited from selling services, um, but we can sell software licenses and. We may sell them to bigger companies. We may sell them to little little mom and pop shops. We want to sell them to everybody. Everybody, come come one, come well, one. Well, no, no, this licenses like this. Licenses. This is this is our future. That's right. And, no. But it's still relationship building. This is I, I, the way I always frame it: is East Coast, West Coast. West Coast wants to automate. They tried to automate like money. I, the, the I, West Coast. I have a formula. <laughs> I have a formulation for this. Uh, the West Coast makes the boxes. The East Coast fills them in. Interesting. Right? That's Twitter. They made the box, and then the media industry was like, cool. Yeah. It's it's lunches, it's drinks, it's meetings, it's connecting. And that's what sales is, right, for a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. I would love for you to meet my boss because I think this tool would be so good for this, you know, the for Delta Airlines. And like, yeah, I'd love to meet your boss. Let's talk to your boss. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what's your boss like? Your boss is not taking a credit card out. I'll no, tell you that, right? no. So um, I have a friend who is head of revenue for a software company, and he started the process to like sell to government in D.C. Oh, you know, I've been on these. I, I, I once was part of this process, and people kept retiring before we could finish the paperwork. Oh, no, no. He's, I, he, he said, he's like, we're excited about it. There's a ton of money there. Obviously, it's, yeah. it's government contracts. He, I'm like, when, when do you think you'll start to see something come together? He's like... Uh, it w- it we'll start to see like possible possible options in a year. Yeah, and I couldn't believe what he was saying. Oh yeah, and and you know that's the grind. That is the grind. But once you land it, you're kind of never leave. Um, you know, it's the classic. You know, screwdrivers to the Pentagon. It's type a grim world. Though. I'll tell you that part is hard. That's, that's grim. No, because I remember being told like, well, if you really want to, it was it was so that we could do some open source work for the government. And we were told that we needed to hire a $30,000 expediter in order to move the contractor. Yep. And it was just like, we're not going to make, like, was, I'm not going to lose money on this. This is bad. Okay, so recapping. Reason one we want to be out there is we like to connect with people. We like to find partners. I want, we're building a product. And, we're building a product that people can pick up and use. Okay, that is what they can do. And I could sit here and assume that people will find it decide what it's good for and pick up and use it. But what will work much better is people coming to the office and saying, what is this thing? And me going, well, it's, it works like this. Would you like to try it? And, you know, making friends. It's funny. It's anti-scale what you're saying, because you can't, you, you, you what Pete, no, but West Coast, he's, hold on. Let me finish this thought. Right. Uh, West right. Coast says, give me a million prospects. I'll turn those into 20,000 paying customers and those 20,000 paying customers will pay me $10 or whatever a month. East Coast is like, give me a few hundred leads. I'm only going to land like a dozen of them, but they're big. Let me tell you, my, right? my Which is Because you can't host everyone in your office who's interested in your product. That's impossible. This is a, All these formulations, to me, just feel like they are very abstract and not connected to how humans communicate. I'm going to tell you how I see it because I think the way I see it is actually quite different than most people. And part of this is because I'm, I'm good at communicating with large audiences. I do that, right? I just Here's the flex. No. Take your a, time. It's not a flex. This is a... This no, no, no. It's true. So what is it when you... Okay. First of all, somebody wants to come to the office and talk to me. People want to talk to me about this product. Okay, great. I want to talk to them. My ultimate job 
is to tell a story that people connect to so that they care about this product. And I wrote about this in our newsletter that's going out today at a board, right? Like the fact that when I was, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was at Harper's Magazine, which is a very like non, it's an old magazine in America that um, has a good reputation. It's very lefty, et cetera, et cetera. And I built the website and so on and so forth. And when I launched the website, I built an archive of the whole thing back to 1850 and thousands of people got in touch. And I had to do customer service, solve subscription problems. They would ask, they would send letters to the editor. They would, and what I was- What was your title? Editor. I was an, I was an oh, okay. editor, but associate were, editor. But you were dealing with, you weren't doing classic editor stuff. I was a little- kind of everywhere. I ordered the computers. It's a little company. You ordered the computers. And, um, okay. <laughs> so it was a little org. So I ended up building hundreds and hundreds of relationships. Sometimes I'd meet people after and they would go, man, I yelled at you once in email because there was something wrong with my subscription. It was weird. You responded and you know it's crazy to meet you at this party. Did you respond to everybody? I tried to. Yeah, yeah. I did my best. I had thousands. So okay. over the years, I had thousands of interactions. That's not an editor. That's customer support and IT. Let's never worry about titles ever. Okay? <laughs> like never worry about titles. Okay. If I, if I was doing an editor's job, I wouldn't have had those interactions. Those interactions taught me how people behave when they get a consumer product in their hands. Mm-hmm. And they taught me about what people want and what people expect and how people see customer service and how they treat organizations. It's very, it can be very alienating. And then the minute you talk to them as a person, they start to really interact. People, and then in the other direction, when you have a direct personal interaction, that teaches you how to interact with thousands of people at once. It's this whole system. I need to have people come by and tell me what they like and don't like. And I need to make eye contact. And then when I go out and talk to thousands of people, I'm using that information. And then when the thousands of people talk back to me, I know what to say to the person to help. What is this? This is not to sell a software product. This is to understand where we live and to understand mm. how to communicate mm. so that people can get more freaking value out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And what I feel is that everybody's looking for a funnel that goes exactly one way, right? People are going to come in and they're going to give it, they're going to like this thing. They're going to like the website. They're going to give us a credit card and then they'll go into like the customer support thing and we'll log in. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't work that way. Mm. It works. It works two ways. You're sitting there at the bottom, like going like, Hey, what do you think? And should we do this? And I like your hat. Yeah. And the thing is, is some of those relationships from back in that day, are still extant. Like some of those people who used to write me still send me like birthday notes. Interesting. Yeah. It's relationships. What you're saying is it's relationships. And that is... It's connectivity. It's connectivity around humans and software is one of the things in the middle. Yep. Um, And an office is a utility for making that move faster. It's a place to meet. Yeah. It's a place to meet. And, And, you know... Are there, are there a lot of places to meet in a lot of different parts of the country, even parts of the country that are, I think what is so fascinating and unique about New York is, yeah, could you do this in Austin? Sort of, but you're kind of meeting your, your the same kind. You're meeting your own kind. Well, what happens uh, when you're, you're meeting other technology, Austin's a big tech center now. San Francisco is a tech center. Think about New York City is you're going to see it all. Like well, you, they all converge. You're meeting the representations, uh, the representatives of organizations at, that are sort of apex orgs, like big companies. They all have to be here. Yeah. And then they need to go buy some software. In different sectors. Yes. Yeah. And so they're going to come and they're going to tell you what publishing needs. And, and they're yeah. going to tell you what fashion needs. Right. Right. And that's very, very valuable information. Yeah. And then you use that to guide the product strategy. So let me, let me tack on. I mean, I agree with you. We happen to have this in common, strangely. We like to be in the room yeah. with the other people. I, uh, how else am I going to learn about how this all works? 
I, I mean, because you can't, you can't literally, you know, what what happens? You're you're a smart guy in your twenties, and people are like, you should subscribe to the Economist, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I'd rather actually go into the economy and look at it. Go into the yeah, economy. I like to see the economy. Yeah. I'll say one other thing, and I've said this in the past around having a place to work. I I, I am a I work out my puzzles. By talking I, I was, to people, I was expecting uh, my upper body. I was, <laughs> there will be a bench. Yeah, people don't with know weights. This. Rich works out every morning before he comes to the office, and and uh, there's usually like a two minute breakdown about how just freaking ripped he is. I'm not very ripped. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm it's, older, it's, and my muscles are not. It's, a, it's an ironic. It's an ironic. It's ironic. But uh, I believe in. I believe in. Uh, I, I. It's not that I believe in it. It's just how I work. I'm very. I'm. I'm an oral communicator. I do think something is so severely lost when you're trying to compartmentalize it into you know a one hour meeting once a day or twice a week or whatever you're doing. It, it, I'm. A, I'm a collaborative thinker. I'm a tough collaborative thinker. I'm a very like. I, I, all I do is inject doubt into the conversation. Well, just constantly. imagine 50 hawks swirling around your head at once. And that's what it's like. To, Sounds beautiful. When, when you are in interrogation mode. And what's funny is it doesn't matter who. I've worked with you 200 years. You love me as if I am like in your family. And it doesn't, your brain switches and you're like, well, hold on a minute there. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I think it's massively valuable. And, and people talk about this. I think Apple sort of put their foot down and we're like, you know, we're, we invent things. Like, you got to be together. We got to see each other and talk about stuff and walk up to a whiteboard and throw ideas around and talk you need that that sort of casual ability to to talk let me let me tell you something as a boss it's real dangerous because without the employee's body language you don't know how badly you're screwing up (laughs) (laughs) as a boss i'm telling you like why do i need you to come back to the like you in the office if you're somebody not not that it's not really our current team we don't have this challenge but like but like, if you're in the office and I can see you kind of looking at the floor when I walk by, I now know something about the organization. Yeah. I can't learn that. Like, you can't. And, it's, and, you're, and people will be like, well, you, you shouldn't. Can't. Everybody will have a litany of like, you shouldn't have known it anyway. And I don't need to come in the office to tell you you're an asshole. And it's like, you don't, but you won't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you better let me see it. Also, it's an, it, condensing the interactions into one moment. Yeah. That everyone's sort of prepping for is not natural. You know what I love? I love boss elevator ride. That's my favorite. (laughs) Hey, how you doing? (laughs) It is just, it's the worst minute of their lives. It's terrible. It's terrible. And it's kind of terrible for us as, as former bosses, honestly. It ain't good. That minute. It's all false and kind of bullshitty. the longest minute of their lives. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. That Anyway. The New York office special. Yeah. So maybe, you know, down. Not far from now, uh, we'll be recording in a room in one of our new offices. In a little There's office. a lot of commercial real estate available, Paul. There's tons of it. There's like swaths of it. It's also time to get a bar and relaunch this beautiful product. Get a bar? Get a bar. Get a bar for the night. Oh, throw a party. Yeah, we're not going to get a bar as well. We're going to say, <laughs> yeah. pivoting to bar. <laughs> I mean, several. Anyway, we keep saying this product and this startup. It's a board. A board.com. Anyone can sign up. Mobile's coming soon. It is humming along, actually, lots and lots of users. Very exciting. And uh, we'd love you to use it and beat it up. And, you know, you can tell us straight up what you like and don't like. Um, And uh, 
this is Yachty Ford as Yachty Ford on X and um, wherever else Yachty Ford's can be found. Hello, it's Ford. In the wild.com. Uh, we love you and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.